Today in Remote Space, how do managers manage when their team, usually seen every day in the office, is now all working remotely? Hello? Uh, yeah, right. I'm sending that over in an hour. The meeting today? Another one? Hold on one sec. Enough! (laughs) Working from home not as much fun as you imagined? Remote Space explores the tools and philosophies we use as we work more remotely. We'll talk to experts who have mastered remote work, those studying the shift in how we work, and those learning on the run. Here's your host, Doug Thomas. Microsoft's Workplace Intelligence team consists of engineers, data scientists, analysts, and marketers who study the space between workplace culture and data. When the workplace shifted, the team started studying what happens when a large workforce is suddenly forced into remote work. Our guest today, Eric Anderson, is director of the Workplace Intelligence Team and talks to us about how managers do their job in a time of disruption and change. So Eric, you've been studying managers who were in an office and now are working remotely, and you're a manager who's working remotely. But I need to ask, what is something that you don't miss about managing from an office? I actually really liked managing from an office because I liked the day-to-day interaction of employees. And the one thing that I would say is a little bit easier when you don't have as much ad hoc interaction is you can actually carve out time and dedicate that time to each individual employee because it's typically a little more planful when you're not sitting in an office. So you have less of the drive-by type of scenarios. So as a manager who's managed a a fairly large team of of folks that are not all doing exactly the same thing, it's allowed me to compartmentalize a little bit my focus to dedicate in a planful way to each of the different employees in my team in a way that I couldn't do before when sometimes we were doing that in a more ad hoc kind of fly-by, drive-by, stop-by basis. Cool. So the study that you worked about, which is titled The New Manager, kind of centers on the one-on-one when in the, when a staff member would sit down with a manager sometimes on a weekly or twice a week or for some groups once a month meeting. For lack of a better word, how did that work for most managers before this remote working work? Did your research talk about what the status quo was before remote work really became the norm? Yeah, the, the manager one-on-one, manager employee one-on-one has always been an interesting topic and a topic that we have always been pretty interested in because there's a lot of data out there that says that managers do have a big impact on their employees. And if you think about it, if you've worked for more than a few years, you've likely had more than one manager. And every one of those managers is a person and every person is different and every person has unique things about them. And some of those unique things about a person can impact someone they manage in a positive way and some in a negative way. And it's impossible to have, you know, the perfect manager. And so that relationship is pretty interesting. And in fact, there was a study by Gallup that said 70% of variance in an employee engagement score was predicated upon the quality of the manager. And so we wondered with that state of things before the shift, 
how that would actually change as we went through the shift and what would be the potential impact of that. And what's the data, what's the research tell us about that? What we found was when the shifts to 100% remote work happened months ago, we found that manager and employee one-on-ones went up. And so that was interesting, but it was more interesting what we actually started to learn about those one-on-ones, whether they were new one-on-ones or whether they are one-on-ones that had been happening before. We learned that those manager one-on-ones changed in terms of, number one, the priority or importance of them. You can kind of just say, hey, we'll catch up next time. And they were always the first things to be deprioritized. And what we found as people were going through this big, you know, massive shift in the way that they worked and and having to go work remotely, we found that that actually stopped happening. So employees and their managers actually placed a higher importance on those meetings. So that was the first thing that we saw change. The second thing we saw change about those meetings was the actual makeup or the scope of what was discussed in those meetings. And one of the big things we found was that the topics became much more broad and focused on the entire well-being, if you will, of an employee. And we found that as we talked to a few managers, look back on this now a few months later, we found that they actually got to know their employees a lot better. You know, as employees, when you're, when you're having a one-on-one with your manager and you're doing it over a video conference or whatever, you're actually bringing your manager into your home. And as a manager, you're bringing your employee into your home if you've got the video camera on and there's something in the background that maybe sparks a conversation that you never would have had with that employee. It's actually created the opportunity for managers and employees to get to know each other better. And so that second aspect of the conversations becoming a combination of work things, personal things, and how all those things come together is is the second big thing that we noticed shifted. And a lot of the learnings we got from spending time looking at our data, but then talking with employees and managers about those one-on-ones. And the comfort level that they had, is is it something that managers and the employees both like this new world of, of being able to know each other more? Or, you know, there's a lot of sheltering sometimes at work that there's certain topics you shouldn't talk about. This has brought down some of those walls. Are both sides just as comfortable with this type of relationship now? The feedback that that we got in the different employees and managers that we spoke to and, and collected some data from was that all of this was a good thing. And I think there will always be some boundary that an employee and a manager maintain, but that boundary certainly has shifted and it's shifted in places that it's needed to shift so that employees can be more successful and have a better ability to manage their home life and their work life and how those things fit together. And I think employees have recognized the benefit of that in that they see that their managers are able to help them better. And I think managers have recognized and valued the, their ability to actually help employees through that. As a manager myself, I am not always you know, out there looking to know every single thing about the people on my team, but the more that I can know, so the more that I can help them, the better I think I'm equipped to make them successful. And so I think that's a positive outcome that's come of this. 
So I want to take a step in and not go too deep in the weeds here, but uh, let's talk a little bit about how the research is done, the methodology, how you're collecting this data, how this group is working to catch these types of insights. What we essentially did was when you think about the relationship between an employee and a manager, there's a lot of factors there that have an impact on how well that relationship works and what the outcomes are of that. At the same time, a lot of those things are really hard to measure. But what we can measure is we can actually measure the collaboration activity or the interaction between them. And so using Workplace Analytics, which is a Microsoft product, we can measure the collaboration activities between employees and their manager. And when we do that, we can understand things like how much time managers and employees are spending together in what types of settings, whether that's in a one-on-one setting or whether that's in a team setting. And we can then combine that data at the organizational level when that data is kind of aggregated together and look at trends and combine that with other contextual information like what organization are all these people in or what type of job function are they doing or what kind of anecdotal survey data do we have from those organizations that we can merge with it. And all of that gives us some data that gives us kind of general patterns about how an employee works and interacts with their teams and how individuals interact with their employees at an aggregated level. So all of that gives us some data that helps us start to quantify that and look for trends and patterns. And that's what we really looked at when we decided we wanted this study, the employee and manager relationship. And what we did is we looked at that over time. So we looked at that in the period before the shift to remote work happened. And then we looked at that on a week-by-week basis after that shift happened. And so we could see, you know, where there's a big step change right when everything changed, and then how did those things evolve over time as people got more comfortable with their situation, as work and everything around work sort of adopted this new set of ways of working, and we could see how those changed beyond that as well. So you're a manager at Microsoft. How are managers taught to work with their employees? Microsoft really talks about for managers to be successful, they need to think about this model coach care framework where a manager is thinking about all three of those aspects all the time. And I think what this whole situation we have gone through has really done from that perspective is really emphasized when each of those things is most valuable. And I I think as a manager for myself, it's made me recognize that there are times when one of those is way more important than the other. So for example, I think in the beginning, I think care was most important. It was people were all of a sudden going through this kind of massive shock to their system in terms of all these changes and really focusing on that care aspect to make sure people were in a good situation. They were comfortable with how they were going to work. They had what they needed. Their families had what they needed and so forth. And all of those things we talked about, how one-on-ones were changing, I think that was really important then. As we started then to think about, okay, this is going to be the norm for a little while. How are we going to get through this? I think coaching became a lot more important. And really as a as a manager helping your team figure out like what are the ways that they can be successful in this this new working norm and set that up so that that people feel like they're contributing and and working just as well as they were before and then 
you know, now that we've been in this situation for months now, I think one of the big things that as a manager population in a company, that group needs to actually start to model behaviors that you need to make sure everyone in the company is doing. And one of those really does relate to the whole work-life balance and well-being aspect, which is most people who had vacations planned canceled those vacations because they couldn't fly somewhere, they couldn't go to Disneyland, whatever it was. Most people canceled vacations. And a lot of people, when they did that, they just said, well, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to take any time off. And here we are now, you know, four or five months later, and a bunch of people maybe haven't taken vacation. It's a long time to go through a pretty stressful situation to not take a break from work. And I know there's a big emphasis right now in Microsoft for all of us as managers to model the right behavior of let's actually take some time away from work. And the more that managers are doing that, the more likely their employees will feel like, yeah, it is okay to do that. And I should be doing that. So that's one of the big takeaways that I think as I have sort of thought about model coach care throughout this time, I've sort of recognized that, hey, these three things are important, but you've got to really think about what's the most important one for the specific situation that's going on at the time and really emphasize that and then, you know, shift back and forth between the three. And then the uh, blog article also has uh, some quotes. So I I assume that there was a way to reach out to people. And one of them I thought was pretty powerful and and talks to what you saw in the data. Uh, The quote is, my manager asks me what I'm doing for myself, demonstrating that she values me as a whole person and prioritizes wellness, which is something that I would think is not really a topic of conversation in many people's one-on-ones before uh, all this happened. Yeah, and I think this is one of the big shifts that's taken place. And this is also, you know, at Microsoft, we have seen a big emphasis by the company on well-being throughout this time. And I think managers have really been able to adopt that. And when you're having a discussion with an employee that is much broader than, hey, tell me about the project that you're working on and, you know, what blockers you have there, but more holistically, how are you doing? And just asking, you know, how are people feeling? How are they coping with all the stresses and things they have to manage? I think that creates a pretty powerful dialogue and a strong relationship between an employee and a manager. And we've seen those types of discussions be much more common. And the feedback we've gotten, like the quote you mentioned, has been pretty consistent that that this shift is happening where these discussions are more focused on well-being end work. And the outcome of that is managers can help employees then think about how to make sure they are in a place where they are are not overwhelmed and they're not overworked and so forth. And we have some data that has supported that that's actually happened. In fact, when we look at metrics like how how much are people working, when people shifted to 100% working from home, we saw that everybody's work week extended by a certain number of hours across the board. The general average was everyone started working more hours. But what we saw was employees who had consistent one-on-ones, that increase was was 65% less than those employees that were not spending time one-on-one with their manager. And it sounds like the benefit also extends that the employee that has time with one-on-one is being cared for and thought of as a a whole holistic person, not just a worker, that that leads to maybe even less hours that that person's working or less work. 
Exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's what the, the data shows. And I think as an employee, you know, every manager is also an employee, I guess, except for the, the CEO. As an employee, I think about when I have a conversation with my manager and my manager is actually actively helping me to manage my work-life balance, that makes me feel good as an employee. And the flip side of that is when you're not overburdened for a long period of time, you're actually more productive, right? You don't get burned out. You have more energy. You can come up with better, thoughtful, creative ideas. And so everybody wins in this situation. The employees win because they, they feel valued. They feel heard. They feel like someone's trying to help them have a better experience. And the managers and the company wins because employees are happier. And when employees are engaged, they're doing better work. So it's a win-win all around when there's that focus. And it seems that when we go back to the to work and whatever set that is, let's say a year or 18 months from now when when we've been there for a while that these findings, this new way of working is something that's I would think pretty tangible that you can continue working on because the only thing that you have different is you can't talk about oh, you have something different in your background because you're working from home, those same conversations should be able to happen, I would think. That's more projection than, than research, but that would seem correct, I would think. Your thoughts? Absolutely, right? Like Nothing has changed here that isn't something that couldn't have changed beforehand. It took a, a massive global pandemic for people to put the focus on some of the things that have come into this one-on-one -on -one discussion that happens between an employee and their manager and change the importance of that. But that doesn't mean that that has to change when work goes back to whatever normal work will be and people go back into the office. That focus can still be there. That focus still should be there. And the good thing is that these things are things that employees and managers can start doing at any time, right? You don't have to have this major disruption to go say, I'm going to change now because there's something going on in the world. Like anybody can sit down and say, hey, you know, I think I can get something more out of this relationship I have with my manager. Or I think as a manager, I can help my employees better if we have a little bit of a different focus in our one-on-one -on -one discussions and we think more holistically about, about what's going on in this employee's life and work or something like that. And, and that change can happen at any time. And that change can continue beyond where we're at today. And so I would hope that the learnings that we've gotten from this is something that convinces people that this is a good thing and this is something that, that should continue beyond. Is there uh, anything in the research or, or in your own working, as you said, you're a manager and you have a manager, uh, any uh, tidbits or stories, things that surprised you as you were doing this? As uh, you know, these people kind of talked about some of the raw stuff that we usually don't hear at the office. Yeah, I mean, I think the the raw stuff that that has really come out in this period is really the the need for people to balance what's going on with the environment that they're trying to do work in, right? I think that's the thing that when we work in an office, we're all generally sitting in what's a similar environment. And while there may be distractions in that environment, those distractions are all of the same variety and things that people are kind of expected to have happen and they can deal with those. When you put everyone in your team in a unique environment, then there's these distractions that pop up that are unexpected. And I, I've seen people who have taken, you know, days of 
of meetings and phone calls from the bathroom, from a closet, stories of, of kids who found the box of powdered jello in the in the kitchen and came out of a meeting with powdered jello all over the house. So these distractions that you know you look back on them and laugh, think how stressful that is in the moment when you're trying to present you know, something to your boss or to a customer and you're trying to be super composed and you, you know, you got your suit coat on for the first time in months and you got the video on and you see your kid out of the corner of their eye, you know, dumping jello all over the house. <laughs> you know, that can be something that, that people haven't had to deal with before. So it certainly has created some, some funny stories when you look back on it now, but in the moment, some things that people just, you know, it, it's really stressful for some of those folks. Sure. I mean, I'm always hoping that some of the veneer of work in the office is is permanently taken out of the way after all of this as we have as the guards come down. And maybe there's a, a day where we all show up with powdered gel at the office. Well, one of the things I, I thought about when I talked to a couple of managers was uh, we all think we should have one day at least where we dress like we dressed at home um, for several months uh, just to see just to see what everyone brings to the office would be something fun on that. Yeah, I was just going to say I think I mean the, the other thing is, you know, we talk about, you know, just your your home life bleeding into your work life a little bit more and just the fact that, you know, for me personally, I'm at home, I have kids at home. I am working whether I'm in a room with the door closed or whatnot, like my kids hear what I'm talking about at work and my family hears what I'm talking about at work. And our dinner conversations have gone places that I didn't ever expect them to go. It's like they talk like they know the people I'm working with, even though they've never met those people before, but they hear me talking with them. They hear me mentioning their names, calling them by names. And I'll be at, at dinner and my daughter will ask me, oh, I heard such and such is doing this you know, today or tomorrow or something. And I just I have to pause for a minute and think like, how does my daughter know that about my work life? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, she's, she's like, she's sitting in the cubicle next to me half of the day. So it's really kind of interesting. But it's, it's created this kind of really, I think, interesting transparency, both directions, like, we talked about managers knowing more about their employees, and using that to help them. But it's also created this situation where my family knows way more about my work life now. And I think that's a positive thing too that creates, you know, empathy all around. No, totally. I'm fascinated by that. How old are your kids? My kids are nine and ten. So old enough to kind of sort of think they understand what's going on, but young enough to not really. So it makes yeah. some pretty comical conversations. Well, no, I find that fascinating. I mean, my kids are a little older, so I don't have that that sense of newness, but it makes me think, you know, as your numbers have shown that good communication and caring about wellness and understanding and talking about things more leads to less work, which would make, in most cases, I would think better work makes me think, oh my gosh, is this type of new world that, that your family understands more of what dad does at the office has incremental benefits for your home life and making that better. That's that's fascinating to me that it you, you can go both ways, perhaps. Yep, absolutely. I think the more that the people understand what other people are going through, the better, right? And, you know, I think whether that's just your family being able to recognize why you maybe had a good or a bad day, like that, that could be a helpful thing outside of work in your family life, too. Great. 
Eric is a director with the Workplace Intelligence Team. You can find, we'll have the links in the show notes, Microsoft Workplace Insights. You can find blog posts about this research and find uh, many different corridors and avenues of how the homework life has been changed over the last few months. Eric, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it and be well. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to hear more stories and lessons learned from those working in the remote space.